It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What's going on, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. We're diving heavy into the uh, linebacker group, I feel like we're a little report on the Steelers possibly gaining some traction at inside linebacker at the NFL draft, where they could go, how far back they can actually fall to make that a comfortable decision, and then a reunion that uh, might fit the Steelers a little bit better than the ones everybody want to talk about, plus some cornerback talk because you can't have a podcast with a team that needs a cornerback without talking about the cornerback. But first, it's uh, freezing cold outside. It's not enjoyable at all. I went for a run this morning and thought I was going to die. It was not enjoyable. How uh, how are you, my man? Doing well, man. It was uh, man, I got really happy when it was like seventy degrees in the middle of the week or earlier this yeah, week. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. I was able to run outside and it was like, man, this is this is heaven. We could I could use a couple more days of this. And of course, you know, it didn't take very long. Like what? Two, three days later, and it's below freezing. I walk yeah. out of the house this morning, and there's freaking snowflakes falling on the ground. I'm like, dude, what is going on, man? Yeah, literally the whole run. I'm just like getting hit with flurries, and I'm like, what are we doing? And <laughs> Thursday or Wednesday, when it was like super nice out, I was having dinner, and I was telling my fiance, I was like, yo, it's gonna be freezing cold on Friday, and she looked it up, and she was like, no, it's a low of 29, but it's a high of like 60, and I was like, oh, that's pretty nice. Didn't even come. The high didn't even exist. I don't know why they didn't just say it's going to be 20 degrees, guys. Don't. There's no guessing on a high number. Yeah, it's uh, it sucks. It sucks. But it's February. Winter starts in like a week. And then we got three I want more some, months. I want some good weather for the combine. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Indie, indie weather, if it would be nice, would be super cool. I don't know what Indy's like. This time, last year was nice. Last year was good enough. It was really know? nice. Was yeah, really nice. yeah, would very much so enjoy that. You've been uh, down south or out west a little bit. I've been down south a little bit, so we've got our our fair share of weather in uh, yeah. this winter. But again, we got another six months before it gets sunny outside, so can only do so much. Let's talk some Pittsburgh Steelers football. According to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, the Steelers could make some quote unquote draft movement for an inside linebacker come the draft, obviously. It's a questionable decision, I think, from us over the last couple of weeks to approach the inside linebacker group in the NFL draft. I know you and Nick have not been super high on the class during your pod talks. And then me and you here have talked about, well, maybe Noah Swell isn't that great. Trenton Simpson 
He's a former safety. Maybe he can't tackle as well as you need him to. Drew Sanders, is he a first-round pick or not? When you look at the grand scheme of things, do you think that is an actual option for the Steelers? Do you say, no, you cannot do that? That's a bad move? Or, or can you make it work somehow? It's not a direction that I would be in favor of going, especially in like round one. Um, but I don't think we can rule it out for the Steelers. I mean, you look at the inside linebackers that they've taken just in recent years over the past, you know, eight, nine, ten years. They took Shazier in the middle of the first round, right around where they're picking this year, and they traded up for Devin Bush. So it's a position that historically, you know, they valued Lawrence Timmons, former first-round pick that was under Mike Tomlin as well. So yep. um, is it the direction that I would prefer them going? Absolutely not. But is it possible? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's possible. So what makes it doable? You know what I mean? Like, how far back can you drop if you're the Steelers? Like, if they selected somebody at, at 32, are you are you okay with that, or do you still think that's a bad move? It would depend on who it is, but, I mean, I would feel better about it than taking any of these guys at 17. I Yeah. I think the best player that I've watched inside linebacker-wise, or, well, the of the guys that I think are going to get taken high, is Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Sanders is a former edge rusher, utility, special teams guy at Alabama. Transferred to Arkansas this past season. Um, Sanders has incredible athleticism um, and pretty good processing for it being like really his only year playing like off-ball linebacker. Um, I love the way he moves in space. Like He has good – like he has a really good frame to him that could stand to add a lot more like muscle. Um I love what he offers as a pass rusher. You know, he is a former, like, kind of edge guy. But, you know, Arkansas, they blitzed him a lot. They kind of lined him up all over the formation. He was able to, you know, kind of create some havoc in that regard. He has some, like, legit pass rushing moves and some bend to him, which is rare for that position. The big holdup for me is um, right now, Sanders needs to get stronger, and he needs to be able to take on blocks better at the point of attack and shed and not get like just swallowed up by offensive linemen. And probably not, I mean, not that it's not fixable, but he's an awful tackler. I mean, atrocious. Like, wow, that's actually like, why is that? How is that not? How does that not just remove it? You're an inside linebacker. It won't tackle. It, it can be fixed. I've seen guys, you know, improve their tackling over time. Some of that is just that, like, his frame right now, I think they list him at, like, 230 pounds. But he's, like, mm-hmm. 6'4", 6'5", is what they list him at. So it's kind of, like, thinner for a linebacker of that height. But um, guys just constantly just running through his arm tackles, like, bouncing off of him, falling forward. Um, so that's a little bit concerning on tape. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of athletic traits to like, but – you know, if, if they took Sanders at 17, is that something where I'm going to be like, like doing jumping jacks at this point? No, based on like the film that I've seen. Yeah. If people in the comments or, you know, people watching this, if y'all have a tape that y'all think uh, I should go take a look at, I watched two or three games already, but if y'all have a game that y'all liked, feel free to hit me with it. But I, I don't see like top 15 player um, uh, in him just right now. I mean, if you can't tackle, you're not a top 15 player. It's pretty point it's blank there. I know. Isn't that the problem with Trenton Simpson, too? Don't they? He's converted safety, so they say he can't really shed blocks. So Simpson, for me, is he's worse in that in the regard of terms of like block deconstruction. Um, hmm. 
he is a total project there. I mean, I watched I watched two more games over the weekend, and I mean, I don't I don't know that I saw him get off a block and make a tackle, like make an actual stop. Um, the athleticism, incredible. You mentioned like he's played a lot, like in the overhang, or like he's played a lot in the slot for Clemson. Um, there's those Isaiah Simmons kind of comparisons with him and how well he moves in space. He covers a ton of ground, long strides. Um, he has more. I think experience in pass coverage than Sanders, although Sanders is fine there uh, based on the couple of games that I watched. Um, it's just for Simpson, like I have a hard time getting on board with linebackers just because in, in recent years, this is something I learned through my own evaluation of my evaluations. Um, when I have fallen in love with linebackers that struggle at the point of attack and can't shed blocks, I have gotten burned. So I Oh yeah, like that. like you you write them off and they don't need to be No, off. as in like I like I used to like be a oh, lot more gotcha. like when the NFL was moving to like these um smaller, faster inside linebackers. Yeah. I felt like I started to value um athletic traits and you know speed, athleticism, uh quickness, burst, um explosion like that type of stuff like more because i thought that's where the nfl was kind of leaning but then i watched like a bunch of guys get drafted early in the like an early in the portions of the draft over the last like four or five years that can't get off blocks and those guys just aren't valuable there aren't as valuable as like we think that they should be like a good example of guys um you know that don't blow it up at the combine but are still heck of a like inside linebackers are like the Chiefs backers, like Nick Bolton, yeah, Willie true, Gay, true. both Bolton of those guys didn't picks. test. They didn't test very well. They played maybe faster than they tested, but um, both of those guys can like legitimately play the run. And I just, I, I think that that's, it's almost become an underrated, I think, trait for inside linebackers is like how well they take on blocks at the point of attack. Like, yeah, you want to keep them clean, but if you're consistently you know, nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, getting just swallowed up and you can't get off blocks. That's just, it's not, it's not that appealing to me, at least in terms of like taking a guy in the first round. It's just not yeah. that appealing. No, I mean, I, especially in this draft and there's not like a ton of, oh my gosh, talent that's going to be there at 17, but mm, I don't know. That's, you can't, you can't block. Sh- I mean, you're coming off of Devin Bush. Okay. So you're looking for two things. Can you play physical? Well, you can't do that if you can't shed blocks. And can you cover the pass? And apparently both of them could do that, but you gotta do one trick to pony. Who do you see uh who do you see Simpson and I guess Sanders? Like do you have like NFL comparisons to these guys? I I don't personally. Um I, I try to stay. I know like the comps are everybody's like favorite thing. I just, I yeah. don't do a lot of comps. If if I, if I drop a comp, just know that I feel like extremely confident in the comparison, but um, I've seen um, Tremaine Edmonds stuff with Sanders. I don't know that I'm really hundred percent on board with that, but um, I could see a same, I could see a similar um, trajectory with Sanders where um you have to be very intentional about the ways that you use him early. And there's probably going to be some, you know, growing pains in that regard with his development. But I think long-term 
he has the traits to develop into like a really impactful player, similar to how Edmonds was um, kind of for Buffalo the last like year and a half, two years. That's so tough though, because the Steelers defense will talk all day and night about how they're ready now and how this is, this is the defense and this is the team and let's go win in the next couple of years. And then to say, oh, okay, but we're going to use our first round pick on a guy that will be a development piece. I think that's, I think that's even tougher like I, I get it from your perspective and like guys like in the locker room are obviously like they're in there to compete each and every year. Um, I think it's tougher for fan bases. Fan yeah. bases love instant gratification with prospects. Um, yeah. And dude, they you just think I'm talking about not, the team. Screw the team. Yeah. I want me. I'm, I'm yeah, talking about they me. don't, they don't have any type of patience in terms of like development. Um, a, a good, another like non Steelers related like topic, but this is something I was talking about with my buddy. Um, who does Raider stuff. And, you know, we were talking about Anthony Richardson. He was tweeting about it. And, uh, you know, people in the fan base were saying, like, you know, he's not ready. The accuracy is too big of a problem. He's a year away. We don't have time. Like, I don't want to waste time on this dude. And it's like, I I told him, like, everybody wants the next Josh Allen. Like, you want the alien quarterbacks with the unbelievable traits. But until it's time to actually develop those guys – because Josh Allen didn't come in being Josh Allen. Like, you had to get him there. And, like, a lot of these guys that come in like that, like, the reward is at the end. But you got to stick around through the process. And I, I see this all the time, you know, uh, with Steelers fans, especially uh, fans that don't follow the draft super closely. Um, so they're not really in tune with, like, what the rest of the league does or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I think – I just think it's – you know, fool's gold. People expect guys to just come in and dominate uh, year one. And like, it just doesn't happen. Like more often than not, it does not happen. Even for like first round picks, you gotta, you gotta require some patience. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know how much patience I'm given, but I, I do agree with that. You got to stay calm. I think I did. You know, I'm proud of myself this year with how I handled that stuff. Most years I'm pretty bad. You know me. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But I, I think we I can all fall. Got... I think we all fall victim to it. I just think like in yeah, general. with these guys though, sometimes it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The upside is worth it. I like I know what you're saying, and yeah. maybe that is the truth. You know what I mean? And, and it's with 17, like that's a tough call because you got to look at it. Like most first round picks don't make it. Like yeah. you know, like you you have a much harder chance of finding a superstar in the first round than you do pretty much the rest of the draft because at least that's what history has told us. So to send a guy and say, hey, look, at well, this guy's ready now. I don't know. A lot of the time, I mean, I, I think Vanderish out of 
Dallas, who's now a free agent, is a perfect example. That dude was supposed to be an instant star, like the best thing to ever touch the football field. And then when that didn't happen early, or like it did happen a little bit early, and then it kind of faded off and people completely wrote him off until this past year. Um, our boy Phantom TV has one for us. Uh, why does nobody talk about JL Skinner? He reminds me a lot of Edmonds. He's a safety, right? Out of Boise State. Mm-hmm. Does he play linebacker or is he just safety? He is a, I'll call him a hybrid. I don't, he's, okay. I mean, he can play box safety, um, but he's not a like super, we'll just say like versatile guy that I would want, like playing a lot of like center field or, you know, I think yeah. he could play some, you know, two high shells and stuff, but I really like, um, I, I do like Skinner. Skinner was a guy that I've talked about, um, even going back to last summer, Devin Jackson was like the first person I saw on Skinner. So shout out to Devin. Um, but he was kind of the first person that put me on to him. I know he had a rough uh, early portion of the senior bowl. I'm not yeah. really sure um, where his stock's going to be. I think opinions on him are going to kind of vary. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like him, though. He's, he's a solid oh, player. Oh, he was at the senior bowl. A lot, length, a lot of linked, a lot of linked plays with like yeah. an enforcer mentality. Um, you know, there's some. I think so, someone on my timeline uh, when I first heard of him was dropping some like poor. Dude, man he had seven tackles late. for loss last season. Yeah, but they were saying like poor man's camp chancellor. Terrible. I I think that that uh some of those hits that I've seen him make uh certainly match up with that. So dude, um, poor man's camp chancellor is not bad, especially in yeah, this day and age good. of what the inside linebacker really needs i mean like can you play him every single time no but i mean that's worked out in the past i mean even even in smaller versions like mark Barron, big dude thumper moved into inside linebacker made a career out of it you know yeah. i think you need to see one thing that i wanted to see more with skinner that i didn't really see in the clips that i was able to watch at the senior bowl is just i want to see if he's going to be able to defend different body types in the slot that's like big for me in terms of uh projecting like safeties even guys like him who are probably going to be more sub package defenders early on in their career yeah i'm not sure or i guess i'm not con- totally convinced that he's fluid enough to be able to stick with like smaller slot receivers i think he can cover tight ends i definitely think the length um and his frame will offer him the ability to do that with time um, I just not sure that slot receiver is going to be um, some of those shifty guys. I think they're going to give him a lot of trouble. Is he an option to move inside or no? He a little, I think he's too skinny right now. I don't know what they list him at. I mean, I'd have to actually go look. Um, he but, on pro football reference. He is. 208, 6'4", 218. Yeah, that's a. It's skinny, but, but you small. could bulk but, up. I mean, the yeah. NFL, you're going to bulk up. Leal did 20 pounds in like six weeks. Yeah. I pro- I'd have to watch some more of his stuff from this past year. But, yeah, the the wingspan, I mean, he has like really long arms. I think he has like 32 and a half, 33 inch arms. Um, but Yeah, so impressive. Yeah, I mean, he's played a lot. He's played a lot of box safety. You know, he, he does pretty well um, against the run. I think he's a pretty reliable tackler. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that's what I remember. Um when I watched him over the summer was that I trusted him, you know, as a tackler. So how there's, hard a, there's is that a role transition? for those guys. How hard is that transition? Because it didn't work out Very. with Marcus Allen. 
but yeah, very. It's like hard. I would it, it's a lot harder than people think realize, and that it goes back to what I just said about the black deconstruction. As a safety, when you're um, even sometimes as like a box safety, mm-hmm. um, depending on your pre snap alignment, you might not actually be in the run fit. Like as an inside linebacker, you're always going to be in the run fit. So um, having to take on blockers at the point of attack, you know, climbing offensive linemen to the second level because you got to think like. Even like him right now, who's two two eighteen. Let's just say, even if he was able to get up to like two thirty, um, those offensive line, those interior guys, three ten, three twenty, three thirty. Yeah. I mean, you're giving up 80, 90 pounds. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of mo- a lot of mass and bulk that you're giving up. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's hard. I mean, a lot of guys. That's also too though why like I really appreciate um, when I see guys that are at the strong safety position that can like play. Um, in the box and like take on blocks really well. I always try to like point that out. Cause it's really rare for that um, type of arch type uh, or body type too. So um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So not a move, not a move would be about it though, depending on uh, this is the part of, well, no, this will work out for the Steelers because if they don't get Edmonds and KZ back, maybe you consider a safety in the middle of the rounds. You know, I think they want that three safety look. I don't think they're going to give up on it. I don't really know what yeah. to expect out of Trey Norwood, but I don't think he's that guy, unfortunately. Um, all right, next thing I want to talk about is Chris Carter. Our boy Chris Carter over on Lockdown Steelers dropped a new reunion. I want to call it a, a different angle from what many people are talking about. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster is everybody's top of the list. Rejoin the Steelers, come back to Pittsburgh. Um, first, did you see his? Did you see his tweet? And what did you what did you think of the what did you think of the Valentine's Day gift to James Bradbury there? Uh, I did see the tweet. I, I I tried to stay off of social media. I almost <laughs> muted the words Juju uh, a couple of days ago because man, it just everybody got a take, and it's just well, it is your take. This is your job. Our job is to give takes. <sighs> I think I think Juju is um, he just. He loves the spotlight, man. Like he can't help himself sometimes. It's not, like I have defended him because I feel like a lot of the criticism that he got like over his past couple of years in Pittsburgh was, you know, just unwarranted. But um, my 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 stuff is normally just football related, man. I, I try to focus on the actual game itself, the the shenanigans, the off the field, the TikToks and the and the tweets and stuff. That's just not my realm. I'm not, I'm just, I try to stay out of it as much as I can, but the original tweet was kind of funny. AJ yeah. Brown was kind of, uh, he, he seemed like he was really in his feelings. Um, Dude, he was pissed, pissed, yeah. but I think like, I don't know, like if they handled it poorly, if the Eagles were like bitching about it and they were like, no, no, no. Like I get it. I don't know. It kind of just felt like just kicking when you're down. Like, yeah, just I mean, a too soon. A when too you soon. win, when you win, you can, you can, you can talk shit. I mean, when, yeah, you, when, you, could. when you're, when you, you win and when you're up, you know, but you like, you know, like the Jordan clip, you know, it's, it's easy to do all that talk when, when you're, you know, when you're ahead, you know, when you've already won. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. I, I don't, I don't really have too much more beyond, beyond that, but on, I, I do, I do get frustrated sometimes because when I jump on my timeline, it seemed like some people either within like, like the Steelers fan base or, 
just like people that get retweeted on my timeline. It just seems like too many people care about stuff that doesn't relate to anything that happens in between the lines of the game. I would say that's like 85% of football yeah. fans. And, and that's, that's just, just you know, something that I'll never be able to relate to, unfortunately. No, but football has become much bigger. Football did this to themselves. You know what I mean? The NFL's goal is not to be a football game. It's to be a the biggest business in the world. So that's yeah. why, you know, the Super Bowl is seven and a half hours. And... They promote. They just love. They that's why they have their own TV network that doesn't talk about football eighty five percent of the time. Yeah, it is a great. I, I I watched NFL Network on repeat today actually, and I forgot that sometimes it's actually pretty good. All right, but Juju, that is a name that gets tossed out there. Javon Hargrave, which I don't think is a realistic option for the Pittsburgh Steelers, going to be too expensive. Everybody's talking about how he's got interest from here and there, and I just don't think he's going to take a pay cut to come back to Pittsburgh and. I don't think the Steelers are even going to look at him and say, hey, please take a pay cut to come back to Pittsburgh because I just don't think that that matches. The next name, again, dropped by Chris Carter, our boy over on Lockdown Steelers. Bud Dupree seems to be a fit. Still on the Tennessee Titans, but expected to make or set to make $20 million this season. No way he's getting paid. They're definitely going to cut him as a cap casualty. Not a real great time in Tennessee since leaving the Steelers in, what, 2019, 20. Now, 2021, two years ago, do you see it as a possible return to kind of be the reverse of where he left, which was above Alex Highsmith? Now he'd step back in and kind of be that third guy for the Steelers. Didn't play well or didn't play bad the last two years he was in Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm certainly down for that. I mean, I've talked a lot about trying to, uh, you know, secure some type of legitimate edge three guy for a long time now yeah Um, i'm tired of wasting snaps on guys that really have no business being on the field and it would be cool um i just don't know i don't know what bud's market will be i'm assuming he's not gonna have a ton dude he can't have a big he's even had trouble staying healthy in tennessee which has kind of led to some of his um kind of struggles there but if you look at dupree like his production actually on the field um, he still has like a relatively decent pressure rate. Um, it's down from his last couple of years in Pittsburgh, but he still have around that 10% pressure rate. Um, so he, I, I'm down with it. Um, we know Bud can play the run. So, I mean, you'd like that too. It's kind of difficult to uh, some of those edge three guys that you can get later in the draft or, you know, edge depth in general, usually Do you, you think only that, got either pass go rusher there? or run defender. So. Would you go there? Would you go draft middle of the draft before you went and signed a guy like, I mean, Dupree's going to be like, what, 29, 30, maybe? He's going to be 30 years old by the beginning of the season. Yeah. Wait, real quick, before I forget about this, Phantom, yes. go look up Trey Dean from Florida. That's the guy that um, I think kind of makes sense for what you're talking about with Skinner and getting a safety kind of in the middle or late rounds. Dean is a player that I kind of like from a skill set perspective. Um, as far as Bud, um, I would be okay with bringing him back or the draft. Like, um, I think the Steelers, this is just my opinion, but I put this in my Highsmith article from like a week or two. I think mm-hmm. they got to decide, like, is is he part of the future or not? Like, I think you have to make a decision before the draft. Um, if you think that Highsmith is um, an elite player, a foundational piece that you're comfortable giving um, 16, 17, 18 million a year, and you want to keep him in the fold, then I don't think that um, – you can justify probably taking an edge rusher before like early day three, um, late day two. But I think if 
you know, you're like, hey, we, we just want to see it for another year. We don't know if we're going to be able to afford him. We don't know where the uh, the team's financials are going to be at. Then if you have second thoughts or maybe some question marks there, or if you want to pay him in general, I think you got to seriously think about potentially taking one on day two because day two rookie edge rushers is not rookie edge rushers like typically don't do very well rushing the passer and Pittsburgh's yeah. defense like revolves a lot around edge rushers getting to the quarterback. So, um, you know, and you don't want to pigeonhole yourself in the next year where you're like, you know, saying, all right, we got to go edge rusher around one or bus. Cause you don't know if like next year's class is going to be as good as this year's class, which is really, really good, really deep. Um, so you just don't want to put yourself in that position. Uh, that's why Dupree, I think makes a lot of sense on like a one to two year deal. Cause like, um, if he's interested and you can get him um, on a, on a decent deal where, you know, maybe he's got like a three to $4 million cap hit in year one, maybe like a five, $6 million cap hit next year. He could give you a guy that could potentially start if Highsmith walks um, while you're also kind of transitioning to either a rookie you take this year or, you know, a rookie that you draft early on in the following year's draft. Um, so he gives you a little bit of security, but. Do you uh do do you take a guy in the second round if if you want somebody to replace Highsmith in a season, are you waiting until day two to pick an edge rusher? Or are you going one in the first three picks? They're they if if it was me and this is just me if if I knew that Highsmith's last year was going to be this year and like he was not going to be part of the long term future then I would take one probably with either 32 or 46 because there's going to be really good guys there. Um, a guy, like guys that I've seen in that range, kind of uh, most of like the big media guys that kind of seem to have more of a um, feel for like what maybe where the NFL stands, like B.J. Ojolari. I'm a huge fan of him. Um, guys like that. It's interesting to see um, maybe some of the guys that could potentially be available, maybe make them think about it, but – I would take one early. Like I said, it's, it's the most important position for their defense. And yeah. it's a really good edge class. So. All right. All right. Do you, uh, let, let's go back to our boy Phantom here. Dropping some good ones. Makes more, what makes more sense? Bringing back Larry Ogunjobi or drafting a lesser proven cheaper version of the exact same player like Mozzie Smith in the second round. I, I think you could go a number of ways with this one. You know, it doesn't have to be Smith. It could be anybody in the first and those two second round picks, I, I'm counting 32 as a first round pick. That's that's the last pick in the first round the, every other year. Do you do you go like I th- I think maybe you do both. I wouldn't be opposed to both, especially because Larry, you're not getting Larry on more than like a one, maybe a two year deal. Yeah, I mean, I just he, he's asking a lot of the questions I, on stuff I just wrote about, so it's kind of good. Um, yeah, very I feel true. Like actually, I feel like literally I've got good your answers articles for you. last week. Yeah, I feel like I've got good answers for you. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just depends on the market for Ogan Joby. Um, and if you really think that he's going to be healthy, I mean, he really wasn't healthy. I don't think this year how like what percent he was playing at. Only he and the team really know that. Um, I definitely think there's going to be quality options. Um, on day two of the draft, the interior defensive line classes. All right. It's got some uh, schematic fits guy that I like uh, Keanu Benton uh, from Wisconsin. I think he makes a lot of sense. He played a lot of nose tackle um, with the Badgers defense this past year, but um, you know, I think he's a better fit for like three tech, but you know, he's, he's improving as a pass rusher. He's pretty impactful run defender too. Um, So he's another guy, Mozzie Smith. I like him as well. I don't know. 
I don't know if he's a three tech though. I, I think that the Steelers may try to play him at nose tackle. Um, but I mean, he could play up and down the front. I mean, sub package football. I think that you can hundred percent give him snaps like in the nickel where he's playing like over the guard or shading over the tackle and still rush the passer. Um, Smith was a guy that I really enjoyed his tape. He wasn't what I thought he was going to be. He's obviously extremely athletic. He's not as he's not as much of a nose tackle that commands double teams more than he is just like incredibly disruptive against the run. Like he's he's got a you know he's got pretty good um, an athleticism to him. Siaka Ika, which you just mentioned, uh, he's more I think of the uh, kind of take two, leave somebody free nose tackle. Um, but Ika's production dropped last year, which is really weird. So, yeah, yeah, I think that it makes sense to do both. I think either way, like I'm seeing a lot of mocks where the Steelers take a guy at 17 and then double dip at 32. I don't know if I'm double dipping, but I wouldn't be opposed. Like if you spent a 17th pick on a really solid defensive lineman, I'm not upset about it. Like who's the dude from Iowa? There's two of them, maybe the defensive Jack- lineman. Jack Campbell's a linebacker. No, oh, you're no. talking about Luca. Yes, 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 yes. He's more. I think he's more edge edge defender though. I, if they if they took an edge defender in round one, I think Steelers Twitter would light on fire. Oh, they'd lose their mind. And Alex Highsmith would basically like you know you might as well just go get a New Jersey because you got three hundred sixty. My guy left. Nick. My guy Nick on Twitter posted a screen cap of the mock draft uh, that he did. He was like, I haven't done a mock draft in a while. He took Van Ness in the first round, which like I saw full, that. full disclosure, Van Ness is going to go in the first round at some point. Yes. I mean, yes. something's going to fall in love with him. The way that, um, you know, his insane pass rush production on a per snap basis last year was uh, eye opening. Uh, legit, legit power. But anyway, he took Van Ness with the, his first pick at 17, and everybody was just fucking, he was roasting him. It was so funny. <laughs> he deleted it. He deleted it, and it was like, all right, I got a better mock this time. I so. saw, did you, I commented on that one. I don't remember if it was the first one or the second one, but I was like, yeah. Noah, Roshan Johnson, did you see that? The NFL.com? I forget who it was. It wasn't any of their like big names. Mocked Roshan Johnson to the Steelers at pick 80. The running back out of Texas, yeah, I, I interesting. Like Johnson a lot, but I the don't. Answer is I like Johnson as a player, but I'm not. I'm not sure the Steelers are going to be uh, taking a running back in the third round. In the seventh round, it makes zero. You could go pick me up. I'm going to play as many snaps as Roshan Johnson would play yeah. for the Pittsburgh. No, 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 not in the third. Alex Highsmith. We're talking about paying twenty million dollars as a third round pick. You want to know what Roshan Johnson's going to be doing in four years? Averaging about three snaps a season. No. No, Jalen Warren's worth eight hundred thousand dollars this season. You no, no. The answer is yeah. no. That's a that was the worst mock I've seen. Um, but I could see. I mean, yeah, Vanessa's he's not bad to to the Steelers seventeen. I I wouldn't be opposed to an edge rusher even if they. I mean, if they didn't sign Alex Highsmith by then, but they'll know, you know what I mean? Like the Steelers will have, even if the move doesn't happen, even if the contract is not signed by the draft, they will know that they're going to sign him. You know what I mean? Like they'll be like, okay, it's not going to happen today. We got to wait until June, but we're going to get a deal done with Alex, or at least it's promising that we're going to get a deal done with Alex so that they can approach the draft that way. Yeah. I think you got to know before the draft. It's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yes. Do you think that you got to ink them before the draft? 
Because it's very rare I, that they get. I just think that you have to know if that is going to be. Yeah, played. yeah. You like if to, you yeah. if you are of the if they are of the mindset like Hosmith is a foundational piece, we want to keep him. We're content paying him market value sixteen to eighteen million per year. Yeah, dedicating that much of our cap space to the edge rushers. If if he's that important, then I'm cool. Just yes. just make sure, but but just be aware that like you've got to get it done uh, before this, but you know, really before the season because you don't want to put um put yourself in a bond like i said so yeah and then he goes out and has one ridiculous year and he's worth 24 25 million dollars or somebody signs some crazy contract agreed definitely agreed all right last thing i want to talk about uh one more college guy here dj turner our boy jeffrey all i got is a first name jeffrey but our boy jeffrey uh hit me up on email a couple of days ago he was like yo love the pod so shout out to you jeffrey we appreciate that support um very much so actually asked if he'd come on an episode and i told him as I've mentioned a couple of times I'm working on something so that we could get kind of like call-ins and figure that out. I'm this off season is a must. I'm hoping by like the end of next month, we have that in place, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Um, but anyways, he wanted us to talk about DJ Turner, um, our Michigan cornerback. You, uh, you are a low key Michigan fan. Don't act like you're not your you're Duke fan. Who do you support <laughs> your Duke football too? a little bit, I guess. And then you watch Michigan games mm. on Saturday. You're just disgusting. You're just ugh. If you took your DNA yeah. out, I, I most... watch pretty much. <sighs> I watch nah. pretty much everybody uh, college football wise. But no, um, the exact yeah, words I, were, I, I, I Yo, Joe, you know anything about this guy? Derek goes, yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of them live. I love watching Michigan. Oh, I, I do like watching Michigan's defense. I do. I, I don't care as much for the running, the running centric offense that they run offensively. Um, but yeah, I've seen quite a bit of DJ Turner over over the last couple of years. All right, so let's talk about him. DJ Turner, our boy Jeff said the fourth round, third or fourth round, cornerback. Let's go a couple of ways here. First, just give me your overview. What's your when you're watching DJ Turner? I think he had what a pick last year, two picks the year before. Seven, what I oh no, that was Skinner that had seven tackles for loss. So three picks in the last two seasons. I think ten pass deflections last year for Turner. What do you uh what do you see in him? Yeah, I mean, first things first with Turner is he is an absolutely ridiculous athlete. Like he's listed like six foot, like 180 pounds. Uh he's a Feldman's freak guy. Um, so he's a guy that has a four two eight forty yard dash and okay. has clocked at like four two eight. Yeah, he's a Ooh. mover. Uh I think that if I remember correctly, uh, Feldman's article said that he clocked like over 23 miles per hour on the GPS, which is again, you're, you're moving, uh, you're, you're moving 23 miles an hour in pads is a, it's different type of speed. But our boy um, Jeffrey actually said it in the thing in the, in the email, 23 miles, he round four clocked miles. at 23 miles per hour, six, two yeah. lengthy corner. Yeah. See, look, my guy, Jeffrey doing his research. I like yeah, he knew oh, look, he in the chat. He's in the chat. Um, no, I, the, the, the way that best way I can describe it is like, man, the accelerator on this dude is uh, unbelievable. Like he can play in press coverage. Um, I love the patience in press. Um, he has really good footwork, um, shows some good technique. He's pa- patient at the line of scrimmage um, is good to like not open up his frame um, too quick. He understands like how to maintain his leverage. Something that I really noticed um, 
in the championship game and when they played Purdue. So their last two games this season, I watched those again uh, today, actually, because we saw your question. Um, he does a really good job understanding like down and distance and receiver splits. So I, I really like corners that like have the mental capacity to understand like what opposing receivers are trying to do to them and like those down and distance situations. Um, but yeah, Turner's an incredible mover, um, you know, good change of direction, can click and close, flip his hips. It's really hard to stack him because, you know, he's got that vertical speed. Only things that I'm like a little bit concerned about is the frame, like 180 pounds for corners, really, really slight. Um, it shows because I think bigger receivers are going to be able to bounce him off um, at the top of routes and um, not, I don't know, what worries me a little bit about play, him playing a ball in the air and like cont contested catch situations. Um, but, you know, he could play man, he could play zone. He's got experience like playing different techniques, playing off the ball and press. Um, I like him. I don't think he gets to day three personally. Um, I oh, no. would think, I think he's day two. I think if he, I'm not sure he's going to be there at 80, um, but I think it, I think that's where you would have to take him. And then this is just my opinion. I, I don't, it's hard to kind of, we haven't seen testing numbers and I know that he's going to blow out the combine. So, um, but he's a really good kid. I, I think that he's a really good, uh, really good player. If you're looking for, you know, speed at the cornerback position um, and, you know, pretty proportionate length as well. He's he's a good prospect. This this corner class is loaded too. Like yeah. some of my favorite guys that I've watched, um, you know, Turner, uh, Julius Brents from Kansas State. Like some of these guys are going to get pushed down the draft boards further than they probably should because of how many talented corners are going to go in the top fifty of the draft. So, so that that's that's where I was going next with this. Is you talk about these guys? I think uh, Brents impressed everybody at the senior bowl do was a monster i saw a highlight of him the other day on twitter or something and somebody's like look at this guy and i was like and he it was it, it come about the I've one never... where the ball didn't even get thrown in one-on-one yes and i was like whoo excellent job smooth. if y'all watch that highlight watch how his eyes are down down dude up. just followed the hip rule one of playing defense is yes, watch the hips. outstanding rep yeah you don't see i think Nagy's. i think it was Nagy that posted that yeah you don't see very many uh quarterbacks pulling the ball down and one-on-ones yes uh, that was crazy uh, rep yeah brent is a really talented really really talented dude the length and uh way that he can move for his size is um it's definitely different from what you expect from a cornerback like that so how long can the steelers wait like if we just talked about possibly taking defensive line early inside linebacker that might be on their radar. This is a loaded cornerback class. How long can the Steelers wait to draft a corner before you're like, okay, look at you missed like, yeah, I mean, you can get, you can get starting quality guys probably into day three of this draft. I mean, I, I've watched probably in some capacity, at least like multiple games of like 15 corners now and I think that, you know, there's a lot of guys, like I said, that are going to go like late day two that I think can be like early career or like early rookie contract contributors. And then, um, you know, just guys that could develop into really good players. But um, Turner's a guy that I think kind of fits that bill. I think the Steelers could – I don't want to see them go past the third round without taking a corner. I just okay. think without a true developmental type – of prospect on the roster right now like you've got veterans and cam sutton who i think will be back you've got levi wallace uh you got james pierre um 
you've got some guys that have been around, but I don't I, I want them to grab somebody that they can kind of mold and develop uh, for more of a long term approach. Because we've talked about this, you know, Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, he's not going nowhere. Joe Burrow's not going nowhere. Um, you know, so you got to the, the division as of right now kind of goes through them and you got to have the weapons um, on the perimeter to kind of combat. Um, they're different skill types, you know, Higgins, kind of a ball winner, Jamar Chase, you know, the vertical yak threat. Um, so getting a cornerback early on in the draft, I think is um, imperative. But Turner, you know, I, if he was if he was just like 10, 15 pounds heavier, man, he would be he would be even more impressive because, you know, just taking on blocks, you'll see him get like kind of swallowed up like he's a he's a shaky tackler sometimes uh he missed a couple of tackles in the TCU game um when they played them in the playoffs um but you know I, I think he's I think he's a good player though he's just he's just small so yeah I saw I saw highlights of Kai Blue Kelly and his tackling ability or lack thereof tackling ability yeah Tyler and me was, and Tyler was talking about that on Twitter oh that was rough that was yeah. that guy impressed me so much at the senior bowl to do that Yes. Someone someone who is a good tackler or well, really physical at the point of attack, um, is is Brent's. That's that's one of the best things. There about you go. Him. That I, might I, be the I new guy. The he, that might be the new Andrew Booth. Yeah, I love the way he plays the run. He's awesome. He'll take on like pullers with physicality. Um, yeah. you know, he he's shown uh propensity to, you know, play up a weight class, uh, even if though he is two hundred pounds. So yeah. And um, I, I'm starting to think that point. your guys, your Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez are not going to be there at 17. I, I don't think Witherspoon, Witherspoon, I saw I was watching something today and on the bottom of the screen it was somebody's top fifty and Witherspoon was fifth. And I was like, who there's yeah. just that's you got a lot of fans happy. in the in the community. He's a really yeah, good he's player. Good. He's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, so you might have to wait a little while and say, "Hey, look, at, let's not rush things. Let's get this guy, and then we, uh, and then we do this." Hey, um, Jeff. Uh, one more thing uh, before we get off the the Michigan train here, um, Jeffrey. I'm assuming that either you are a Wolverines fan or you're just like really locked into the draft and already looking at <laughs> day two corners, which I. Really appreciate you. you're my kind of dude. Um, if you haven't already, you need to go check. Um, you need to look at uh, Will Johnson from Michigan. Turner's a really good player, but the best corner prospect on Michigan's defense is Johnson, who's only a true freshman, but he played like his ass off this year. He's like six two, hundred ninety five pounds. Dude, I couldn't watch Michigan. Even when I was watching them again today, um, I could not watch oh. Michigan without him showing up. So Penn State fan. So he's just watching. He just saw Turner just I, I smoke like him or something. And then I like it. That was the end of that. Get out of here, dude. You're a Duke fan who watches Michigan football. It's, you're not allowed to uh, you're not allowed to like teams that people normally like. If we weren't Steelers fans, everyone would if someone who isn't a Steelers fan looks at your resume. They would immediately go, this guy's <laughs> trash. This guy's just the worst person. All right, let's uh, answer this one and get out of here. I said him at 80 because there are multiple corners jumping into the second round. Projects, Brents, Forbes, Phillips, which you and Nick talked about Phillips the other day. Um, Banks, et cetera. I feel like he might slip in to pick number 80. Do you think he's there? Do you think he's there in third round? And if he is there, how many guys out of this list are you taking him above? Um, I haven't finished watching 
Forbes yet, but I watched him a decent amount live. Um, corner for me is all about it's. I say this a lot with receivers too. It's just about flavor. Um, like what you want, what you're going to ask them to do. Yeah. Um, like for example, someone like Turner, um, if I had a corner, say I had a bigger corner, like that I trusted with physicality and I wanted a speed guy, like I would feel probably better about putting him on the other side rather than putting like maybe a different type of prospect, like, you know, Joey Porter Jr. Um, and trying to build out your roster like that to attack like multiple different body types. Um, I think I'm trying to think, I think Brent's, if I had to guess, I think Brent's and, um, Turner probably go round three. I think that Banks, I think Banks goes round two. Um, I've only got two games of tape on him, so I really couldn't give you a firm like evaluation. Um, Forbes, like I said, I haven't watched. Clark's going to be interesting, man, because he got some great film. Um, I love the footwork, competitiveness, um, yeah. change of direction ability. You know, he's got some really, really good film. Um, he's already ball, sliding ball skills, ball skills like crazy. Um, but he's just really small. I mean, that's just, you know, it just yeah. is what it is. We talk about like thresholds and stuff, like different teams have certain thresholds for like height, for length, for weight. Um, guys like Phillips are not going to meet teams thresholds for that. So he's going to be a little bit of an outlier and he's played mostly on the perimeter Whereas like some teams may be wanting him to move inside. And uh, I try to caution people with like, just thinking that that adjustment is super easy, like playing outside corner in college and then having to jump in, play the slot at the next level against better athletes, better offenses, better quarterbacks. Um, it's not a one for one type of thing. It's completely different. Yeah. I talked to a lot of people at the combine, like a lot of prospects at the combine last year, like Trent McDuffie, um, Marcus Jones from Houston, um, specifically, yes, specifically about playing the differences and playing like outside and playing inside, you know, trying to predict route concepts based on splits, you know, inside, you got a lot more two way goes. It's, it's difficult. And, um, it's part of the reason that my mock draft is going a certain way on Monday. Cause I think it's important. So I'm about it. I'm about it. I like the cornerback talk. This is way more fun than talking about Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis 830 times in an offseason. Yeah. I will say, if that. I never have to scout another bad quarterback class again, dude, you're gonna really have to man. scout another bad quarterback class. I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna retire. That would be the end of it. Could you imagine? Be like, that's I leave when Kenny leaves. You could. That <laughs> would be. You talk about putting some faith on somebody. You know, you get that could either be a very long career or a very very short career. I'll have to Kenny Pickett. All right. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure to find all of mine and Derek's work on allsteelers.com. Derek has a scouting report dropping tomorrow, but a mock draft, first mock draft of the offseason dropping Monday morning, 7 a.m. So big deal, big things. Make sure to check that out on allsteelers.com. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. 